Hey, welcome to the Rest is Best podcast brought to you by Halcyon Sleep. My name is Laura, mother of one and certified pediatric sleep consultant with a focus on quick step-by-step actions and advice that you can listen to on the 10-minute walk to the coffee shop. You'll come away from these bite-sized episodes feeling more equipped and ready to get you and your baby a little more rest. Finishing these episodes wanting more amazing sleep advice? Download my free 22-page guide all about naps now at www.halcyonsleep.uk. Let's get into today's bite-sized episode. Just a quick disclaimer, uh, this episode is not intended to be medical advice. I am not a medical professional. I am simply sharing tips from my own experience and uh people that I've worked with. If you have any concerns about your baby's health or well-being, please contact your medical provider or your GP um, to get support from them. Hello, welcome to today's bite-sized episode. Um, Hopefully it stays bite-sized, but I feel like I've got quite a bit to talk about. This is probably one of the things that I get asked um, most often by people who have already done some sort of sleep coaching um, so they have a pretty good sleeper um, and then things kind of go off kilter when they have teeth coming in or when they're sick um, or other kind of big crazy life events happen Um, and for people who perhaps don't have a great sleeper sometimes all these things can just make it a million times worse so I thought I would talk you through some tips to kind of salvage that sleep uh, when you're in the throes of teething and sickness and all that and then how to get back on track afterwards. It's not as complicated as you might think. So here we go. So the first thing I just want to point out is how important having a routine is for your child and that is from Uh, you know, kind of six weeks, you can start having a bit of a routine all the way through childhood. Um, And having a predictable daily routine helps your little one feel safe, uh, secure, confident, because they know what's coming next and they know what to expect. And children thrive when they know what to expect, what their boundaries are, and uh you know how you're going to react in lots of different circumstances and things like that um and when it comes to sickness and teething i would say this is probably the first mistake people make um, and that is messing with the routine and that could be as simple as um, messing with the bedtime routine uh because you're concerned that they are um going to need or expect something other than what you normally do because they're in pain or because they're not feeling too well, Um, all the way to completely throwing your daily routine, nighttime routine, completely out the window in these circumstances. And sometimes that is necessary if your child is really ill or um, if they're in the hospital or, I don't know, they uh, break their arm or things like that. But The key here is really getting back on track and getting back into that routine as quickly as possible. Um, That is kind of where you need to start when you're going through any of these trialing times. Okay, I'm going to talk about teething and I really, really don't want to sound dismissive 
of anyone who is going through teething. Obviously, I've been there. Farley has um, most of his teeth. He was just waiting for his molars. And I know they're the worst ones. But don't blame everything on teething, please. (laughs) If your child is sleeping great and then all of a sudden they start screaming at bedtime, that does not mean they're teething. Um, or if they wake in the middle of the night, they're up for two hours out of nowhere for one night. That is, that's not teething. Even if you see that for a couple of nights, that isn't necessarily teeth. Um, poor teeth get such a bad rap and they get blamed for every time our child is unsettled. But I really, really encourage you to not do that. Don't self-diagnose. Um, go and check out the dentist mum, dentist mom. M-O-M on Instagram. She's got some really cool photos and information about what it actually looks like when your child is teething. And actually the peak pain period is when the tooth is cutting the gum. That's usually only two to three days of discomfort. And that is not all night screaming kind of discomfort. That could be indicating something else is going on. Um, But that might look like being fussy at bedtime, uh, having a a couple of wakes like every few hours. Um, If you've given like some sort of Calpol or Tylenol or something to kind of ease the pain Um, can also look like uh, early rising because as we know, they're in a light stage of sleep then. And if they're in a bit of pain, that can be enough to, to wake them up. But yeah, try not to blame everything on teeth. However, if you hit, if you are sure <laughs> that your child is teething and you've had a few rough nights, um, my my two top tips are definitely uh, research what kind of pain relief you can give them. So um, usually just baby paracetamol, make sure it's a baby version, um, and you're giving the right dose. And then the other thing is just to kind of stick to the routine. You know, you can add in some extra cuddles at bedtime and potentially through the night, but don't turn it into this industry of all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to sit up with you for two hours because, you know, you're worried that they're in pain. Like what they really need is sleep. Um, And so when you're going in and like changing things up and, and adding things in and, you know, just throwing off their normal routine, um, that is going to lead to some of this like ongoing waking and um, really long periods of wakefulness overnight. If you've given some um, paracetamol just before bed, then they kind of sleep through for, you know, four or five hours um, and then they wake and you think, oh, they, they could be in pain again. You know, you can give them a little top up if it's been the right amount of time, just check the label. Um And that should see them through to the next morning. But if they wake again, you know, a couple of hours later, it's all, it's fine to go in and like offer some comfort. But yeah, as I said, like don't turn it into an industry and just remember the teething discomfort peaks after kind of two to three days. So if you're 10 days in to what you've decided is teething or, or what you feel is teething and things are still you know, going haywire and there's lots of tears and there's all this other stuff going on, um, it might be time to reassess and see if it is something else. Uh, If your baby has uh, just a general 
cold, a bit of a sniffle, a blocked nose, um, you know, is just a, a bit generally unwell, but like they're still fine to go to nursery or daycare. They're still kind of playing and being their normal happy self until they get tired. And then maybe that's when you see them getting a bit more grumpy and, um, you know, things like that. And you can tell they're not 100%. My biggest piece of advice here is, again, don't change things up. Um, They're so resilient. Yes, it's not nice to have a blocked nose or a stuffy nose or a bit of a cough or sore throat. Um, But if they are playing as normal and um, still eating and all that kind of stuff, then just because they've got a sniffly nose doesn't mean you need to change anything or add anything up. Um, you might want to just think of things like um, saline solution to clear their nose or if you don't have a snot sucker, oh my goodness, the satisfaction of uh, getting one of those up your child's nose and sucking out litres of snot is unmatched. Um, (laughs) Definitely get a snot sucker. Um, You might want to put a um, humidifier in their room, all those little things that aren't going to that they're not really going to notice. It's not going to disrupt their daily routine or their way of falling asleep can be super helpful. If your child has a fever, um, again, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not going to advise you what to do. But all I will say is don't be fearful of a fever. Be watchful and mindful, um, but don't be fearful. A fever is an indication that your child's body is doing what it needs to do to fight off infection or fight off a virus. Um, Yes, you need to keep a close eye on and you need to manage a fever um, with paracetamol or norepinephrine or whatever you've kind of been instructed to do. Um, But I, oh God, the first time Farley had a fever, I, uh, for some reason, I just thought like, I don't know, he was going to spontaneously combust or like, just overheat to the point where he was going to get brain damage or something like that. And and that is super, super, super rare. Um, so that fear of a fever, I remember reading this article that was like five reasons not to fear a fever. And I will try and find it. It was an incredible article. Um, but yeah, as long as you're managing it and you're kind of, you know, you feel confident with what's, you know, if it's causing it, if it's just a virus or um, something like that. If you're concerned at all, obviously call your doctor or, um, 111 or, um, you know, if you feel like you need to call, um, triple zero or triple nine or nine one one or whatever it is in your country, if you feel like it's an emergency, then do. Um, but if it's kind of just a bog standard fever that l- every kid gets at some point, Um, The only things I would say to change up in your routine is to make sure they're not dressed in too many layers. Um, Make sure they're drinking loads of water if you can get it into them. Um, If they won't drink water, then you can offer, and they're on solids, you can offer things like watermelon, strawberries, other kind of fruits that have a high water content. Um, You can also offer ice lollies, like sugar-free ice lollies. Um, and things like that just to get some liquids into them. If they're not eating, I think the general consensus is not to worry too much. Again, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice. This is just from my personal experience. As long as they're still having wet nappies um, 
then that is a really good sign. Uh, you might want to, um, again, offer some kind of uh, paracetamol or nurofen to bring the fever down and just monitor them throughout the night, which might mean that you go in and do a few more checks than you normally would. Um, if they're waking up in the middle of the night, like definitely go to them straight away and, and just put your hand on their chest or the back of or, or their back or the back of their neck to test if they're warm. Um, it's different for babies than an adult. Like you can put your hand to an adult's forehead and, and see if they've got a temperature, whereas a child or baby, or you should do it on their chest or their back um, and then kind of proceed from there. If you've got a tiny baby, then I know skin to skin can be really helpful um, and just offering um, breast milk or um, formula or bottle fill, uh, express milk a little more often than perhaps you normally would. Feeding on demand um, can be a good thing to add in if you're not already doing that. If your child has been sick or is more seriously ill and perhaps they've been um not feeling great for like more than a week and amongst the chaos and just you trying to get more sleep. Uh, I just think back to when Farley had chicken pox and it was just like an anything goes couple of days. Um, he was in our room, in our bed for a bit, on me. Um, I tried to stick to the nap routine as much as possible, but obviously let him sleep more when he needed it. Um, he was waking up loads overnight because he was so uncomfortable and itchy and it was just awful. In those kind of situations, yes, you just have to do whatever it takes to get you and your child the most amount of sleep, um, especially overnight. So I think if you've been in that place and now they're feeling better and you're wondering what to do to get back on track, it really isn't. Um, as complicated as you might think. It's all about just getting back into that daily routine and resetting those boundaries around sleep. For example, if your child has got used to sleeping in your bed, for example, um, during this time of being ill, I think a lot of us just assume that it's going to be really, really difficult to transfer them back into their own cot. But if they were sleeping in their own cot before all of this, then the chances are one or two nights maybe of a little um, unsettled time at bedtime, they'll be back to sleeping in their cot. It's all about you just feeling really confident to reset that boundary. So that could look like, um, you know, say they've been sleeping in your bed for a week, they're feeling better, you're really confident that they're um, they're no longer sick, they no longer need to be in that bed with you, then you can just say to them um, the next morning, you're going to go sleep in your bed tonight, honey, um, and mummy will do bedtime routine in your room and you will sleep in your bed. And you can say that to your child no matter what age they are. They might not completely understand. They might not talk back. Um, but as we know, like the power of language and, and speaking to your child no matter what age um, can really set you up for success in the future. So then it's simply just about popping them down into bed as you normally would have before they got sick. Um, and proceeding with the night. Now, if they get really upset or, um, you know, they're kicking off, then stick to your guns. Um, but you might want to use uh, my calming checks uh, sleep training method 
to make sure that they feel confident to go to sleep in their own bed. And that could look like popping them down, saying goodnight, leaving the room. Perhaps they're upset and they're crying, waiting a couple of minutes, like three minutes, and then going back in and just kind of doing a bit of a a reassurance, 30 seconds. Hey, it's okay. Mummy's here. Remember, you're sleeping in your bed tonight. Big kiss. Um, I'll see you in the morning and then leave the room again and just kind of repeat this until they've fallen asleep. Um, And like I said at the beginning of this little segment, if your child was sleeping in their cot beforehand, then this should only take a couple of nights for them to get back into that rhythm. If you're having the same struggle with nap time, I would encourage you to do the same, but just make your checks um, at least five minutes because going in there so often at nap time is just really overstimulating. Um, And so if they were napping perfectly fine before they got ill and now after, you know, a week of the routine going out the window, they have decided that they don't want to nap or um, it becomes a bit of a battle, just stay consistent. I promise you that you will get there. Um, But if you're going to use the, the calming checks method, just give them at least five minutes to kind of figure it out and give them the opportunity to fall asleep to be upset because they don't want to go to sleep, but then to be able to go to sleep without you interrupting too many times. The key to managing teething, sickness, um, developmental leaps, all of those things is to try not to veer too far from your normal routine and and, uh, the things that you do to get your child to sleep in the beginning. The more you veer away from those things when you're going through any kind of struggles, the harder it is to get back on track. Um, And so next time you come up against something like this, just remember in your head, like, yes, we absolutely want to respond to our babies with love and compassion and understanding, but we also want to respond to them with consistency and routine and all of the things that make them feel safe and make them... Um, feel secure in what is happening um, and how you're responding. Then the other thing to remember is, yes, if things have gone off track for whatever reason, it's totally fine. Don't beat yourself up. But to get back on track, it's just about resetting those boundaries. And whatever that looks like for you, whether that's um, revisiting your sleep coaching methods, if that's something you've done before, you've always got those in your back pocket, Um, or if that looks like, um, you know, going back to rocking your baby to sleep instead of feeding to sleep, then you can do that as well. Um, but it's all in your control. Just remember that if your baby's responding by getting upset or uh, pushing back or anything like that, it's completely normal. You just need to show them what you had before, um, because ultimately, what they really, really need to heal, to get better, to move through some of these tough times is a good night's sleep. And let's be honest, so do you. I hope that was helpful. Um, Sorry if I sounded really like to the point, but um, this is one of those things that I think we do kind of get caught up in and, and, and sometimes we can feel really out of control when actually like you're so in control, like Yes, we can't help when our babies get sick and it's awful and, oh, God, if I think about some of the shit that we've gone through this year with Farley, like chickenpox being like the worst thing, um, 
norovirus, oh, God, hand, foot, and mouth, like all of these things, um, the, the, the one thing that's kind of that he has, I feel like, appreciated is just knowing what to expect from me and knowing that um, I'm there and, and my husband is there for him, but ultimately we're here to help him get the sleep that he needs and get back on track. Um, so yeah, I hope, I hope there were some helpful tips and I hope it kind of give you the confidence to not stress too much that you can get back on track. I do have a service specifically for anyone who feels like it's all gotten a bit out of control. And even through listening to this podcast and getting these pointers, you still can't get back on track. Um, and that is my, um, email support add-on. Uh, where you can buy, it's, it's like an email package. Um, so you get to email me on three separate occasions. Um, and it's perfect if you need some help with like extra guidance through if you're doing one of my online courses or if you need a reset on some unsustainable habits, um, nap transitions, transitioning from a cot to a toddler bed, or if you've got a big move or a sibling or if you're just going through or have been through a sleep regression and you need some support to get back on track, um, then this email support package is great. It's only £30 um, and it's valid for six months. And like I said, you can use it on three separate occasions. So go and check that out at www.healthyandsleep.uk. Um, and I will see you next time for another bite-sized episode. Catch you later.